0: You know Ben you're funny.
1: Only you're, off the air. You're, I you're promise a you funny it's only guy, off the
0: air. You know? You're you're a funny dude. Uh, Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion, and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at SmartRain.net. Ben, I've got to introduce you to our next guest. He's been joining us throughout the season. Uh, You know, Of course, fullback, tight end down at BYU he's Mason Wake uh, Mason thanks for coming on with us buddy a little different for you usually we're recording uh, your interview you're live today so no cursing yeah no no bad language no bad words <laughs> sounds good uh, so Ben you want to tell Mason something about yourself you want to introduce yourself to our <laughs> guests here you're going to put me on the spot yes I am uh, <laughs> hi Mason How? <laughs> Mason's a big jazz fan why, well, don't don't you st- you why don't you start there well maybe I don't
1: know Mason you have a Twitter account yes I do what's your Twitter handle Mason
2: Wake thirteen so
0: M A S -S E N. I'm going to follow you right now. Mason, ask uh, so Ben covers uh, the Jazz for KSLSports.com and uh, he does a great job doing it. So I think I'm going to leave the floor to you. Why don't you ask Ben a Jazz question?
2: Um, man, that'd be tough. Uh, What do you think about the Jazz so far this season?
1: I mean, two games in, they're, they're they're looking like you want to. I think they're off to a good enough start. They're not playing perfect basketball, but, you know, it's going to take a little while to uh, get back, and I think they're taking a different approach to this regular season than certainly they did last year. They don't have anything left to prove. they got to prove it in the playoffs, and
0: so at this point you're just kind of weathering the storm. Mason was telling me, uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago, that uh, the locker room's uh, down at Bway full of Laker fans, and it's, oh, really? it's you, Mason, and who uh. who's the other Jazz fan that you guys are constantly playing defense?
2: Wait, what was that? Sorry.
0: You and uh, did, didn't you tell me that the locker room down there is full of Laker fans and it's like you and one other teammate who defend the Jazz all the time?
2: Yeah, it's ridiculous. All of a sudden, we have a bunch of Laker fans on the team and um, they never shut up. But yeah, I mean, I'll defend the Jazz till I die, and um, it was fun seeing the the Lakers start zero and two and the Jazz start two and zero. So Neil Powell kind of he was kind of pissed off about that, but yeah, I, I love it.
1: Mason, I do have a legitimate question for you, and it's a bad question, but it's a it's a real question about football. So you caught the ball and you go for a hurdle. Do you? Ha- I if I'm hurdling over a person, I have to plan it for the entire game. I have to say I I'm going to try this regardless of what the defender's doing. I I only have one trick in my bag, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use it every time I can. Do you plan a hurdle or, or do you, when do you know, okay, I'm I'm going high if he's going low or are you guessing the whole time?
2: So it's mainly, so most of the time it's a guessing thing, but for me now it kind of just happens. My brain just does it. It just, just whenever I catch the ball and I know I'm out in where a safety or a corner will be, um, it's usually just hurdle and um, it's works so far because um, every time I go out there, it's, they're always just diving at my legs and, um, yeah, I mean, it's just happened ever since I was a freshman in high school. Um, I've been doing it and it's because those guys just dive at my ankles and I essentially tackle myself when I try to hit them. So, yeah, I just added that to my game and um, it kind of just happens naturally now.
1: Taysom Hill's the greatest hurdler in BYU football history. Who's the best on the team right now if you take yourself out of the conversation?
2: <laughs> um, I'd say Lopini Katoa, but I would say for me, it's not Taysom Hill. It's Chad Lewis. That's who I watched. And... Um, I'd say he, he's, the, he's the guy that brought it to BYU. He's really the guy that kind of brought it to college football. He was kind of one of the first ones, but I'd say he's, he's the guy that I see as the hurdler at BYU.
0: I know Chad's still around that program down there. How much is he paying you to say that?
2: <laughs> I can't say that.
0: <laughs> uh, t- take us through the Washington State game. It seemed like a hard-fought game. You guys got back to, to really doing what you do and, and running the heck out of the ball. Obviously, Tyler had a big game, but take us through it.
2: Yeah, I mean I think we just got back to our true identity is just giving the ball to Tyler and just letting him go to work and um all all we really have to do as O linemen and tight ends is just kinda get in front of a guy and just get your hands on him because he can run through arm tackles and that's just um he's the, he's the he's the best player on our offense and he's the most important guy. But um yeah, I mean we just got back to ourselves and um having the run game um, get going it opens up the pass game and um, we played really well, and Washington State played us tough. And um, their offense usually is the run and shoot team, where they um, pass the ball every play, and um, usually have quick drives. But they they controlled the clock, just like some of the other teams we played, and um, <clears throat> tried to keep the keep the ball away from our offense. But um, we just kept we just kept rolling and giving the ball to Tyler, and it, it paid off well.
1: Mason, maybe this is a chicken and the egg scenario, but when do you recognize? someone like Tyler's having a good day and is going to be able to kind of be that workhorse throughout the game. Is it something, you know, you guys are doing, the blockers, the offensive line, the tight end, or is it something that, you know, Tyler's particularly locked in, or does it have to work together?
2: Um, I'd say it's O-line and tight end is just how they're blocking, but I think a lot of it is um, the, like the demeanor of how Tyler's running it or, or how he's just, how he's not dancing around. He's just straight ahead running run his butt off and um, I'd say it's game to game to see if Tyler like how he runs and um, that game he really was just downhill and was just running through arm tackles and just trying to get as many yards as possible.
0: Give us, uh, give us your take on the Cougars, uh, the Washington State, that is. Yeah, it's a little confusing there. <laughs> uh, we At least I wondered, going into that game, what kind of effort uh, Washington State would give because their program went through some major, right? They, they lost their head coach. They lost four members of the staff, as we talked about last week. And, you know, I wondered if they'd use that as kind of something to galvanize around or if it would be, you know, disorganized or what the result would be on their end because, frankly, we haven't seen many teams go through it. So give us your take on uh, what kind of Washington State team you faced
2: yeah so going into the game um, Kalani said that they were going to be motivated and um, they were going to come together as a team and play tough and um, they did and their defense played tough they, they had some dogs out there and then their offense went out and executed pretty well um, but yeah we, we never questioned if they were going to be motivated because we just knew that um, they had nothing to lose they were just going out and just um, play their their guts out and they, they did and um, they, they ended up being pretty tough but um, we came out there with the win
1: So, Mason, when you are are getting ready for a team, and obviously we kind of knew that this date specifically was coming because there was a hard hard deadline for Washington State, but just in general, like how much, and I know this week is certainly strange as well with Bronco Mendenhall coming back, but how aware are you of what's going on in the opposing locker room during a season, or is that dangerous to worry too much about when you've kind of got your own job to focus on?
2: So we don't really worry too much about that. Um, it's kinda different with Bronco, like a lot of guys were recruited by him and it's gonna be cool to go out there and play him, but I personally didn't know him but yeah, I mean we kinda just we talked about Washington State's coaching stuff, um, at the beginning of the week but and then they just said like these guys like they it wasn't it was kinda like a warning saying that these guys are gonna come out and just try to hit you in the mouth and they're gonna they got nothing to lose, but I mean yeah. Us as players, I don't think we pay too much attention to it. Um, the other coaching staff and what's going on in the program and the other teams. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's just what Kalani's instilled in us, and he's just um, taught us just to um, control what we can control and go out there and do our thing.
0: Have you looked into to Virginia much on film? I know it's uh, it's still Tuesday, still early, but uh, you got any taste of what they're bringing to the table?
2: Yeah, we watched a little bit. Um, not too much. Uh, we kind of just watched our film yesterday from the games and um, I mean, I've watched a few games of theirs this season. I watched their offense, actually. They're, they have a tight end that's gigantic. He's number zero, and um, their quarterback's pretty good. But I haven't, seen, I haven't, I haven't watched much of de- their defense, but that'll be today. But, yeah, I mean, they're going to be a good, tough team for sure.
1: Outside of the way Tyler played, going back and watching the film, what felt familiar that you saw that, that was so successful at the, beginning, uh, at the beginning of the season that wasn't there over the uh, last two losses?
2: Um, I would say, um, just something at the beginning. That was my roommate. Um, something at the beginning of the season, I'd say, is um, um just just how he was just running downhill, and our coaches didn't um, um, go away from the run, and we kind of just stuck to it. And um, something that in all of our wins, I think we've we've come down to a four-minute offense at the end of the game, where we either um, ended with a score or um, took a ton of time off the clock. And um, I think that was crucial to be able to have that run game and. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it sucks kind of having all these guys hurt on the old line and um, some of the other positions, but um, yeah, I mean, I just felt like we were back to ourselves from that first, those first five wins and having Tyler getting going and um, the other guys coming in for him. But yeah, I just felt like we, we came back to our true identity.
0: So Halloween's this week. are you dress up, guy?
2: Yeah, especially with my new girlfriend, I have to, I guess.
0: <laughs>
1: are you doing a couple's
2: costume? Yeah, for one of them. Then we're going to do a roommate's one, too.
1: What's the bigger deal, meeting her parents or wearing a couple's costume?
2: Oh, man. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, probably meeting her parents, but I think a couple costume is, is
1: pretty important, too. Huh. Okay. That's big. Can you tell us what it is, or is this going to be like uh, Tom Homer where he doesn't reveal it until the actual day, and then there's photos all over <laughs> social media? Oh,
2: uh, we're still deciding, but I think we're just going to do cop and prisoner, and then I think me and all my roommates are going to just be goblins okay. and paint ourselves green, so that'll be kind of fun.
1: Who's who? Who's the cop? Who's the uh, who's the robber? I'm the prisoner.
2: I'm the prisoner. Okay. And she's the okay. cop.
0: Okay, right. that's probably that's nice. That's for Give her a really little authority. I like it. The romance is in the air, Ben. That's this is it. hey. That's... Have you met her parents, Mason? What was that? Have
1: you met her parents? No, nah, she she's from California. I haven't
0: met him yet. Yeah, it'll take okay. a will take a bit. All right, well well, good for you. We we were just having that conversation where whether we were dress up people. Ben really is. I am not. Yeah. But hey, y- <laughs> you know what? When I first started uh, dating my wife, guess who was dressing up for Halloween parties? For sure. Yeah, this yeah. guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> for uh, sure. I'm not dumb. That's for sure. Uh, all right, Mason. Well, hey, thank you for coming on with us. We appreciate it. Good luck against UVA. I'm a, I'm actually a big Virginia Tech fan. So if you could like. Rough him up extra hard. That that would be good for me, but uh, certainly pull him for you this week, man. All right, thank you very much. See you, Mason. That's Mason Wake. Uh, he's going to continue to join us weekly, and he's really good, as you can no, tell. He's, great. he's 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 got big personality, and he's willing to kind of tell you how it is. I I I can't believe anyone
1: ever hurdles anybody on a football field. Oh Especially my gosh. Mason Wake is what I mean. He's he's a big dude. He's six one, two fifty. Yeah. So I mean, he's about our height. You and I are both that size but probably has about 100 pounds on both of us. You know, I mean, that is to move the way he does and then to think that quickly when you're playing against, you know, these kids at Baylor, these kids at Washington State who are just flying all over the field. To recognize that, hey, I'm going to go airborne. (laughs) It seems like such a bad idea, but I'm stunned at how often hurdling works and how just incredibly uh, athletic all these kids are. So uh, I I can't believe they do it, but he had success. It was funny. It was one
0: catch for two yards and he went over somebody. I I want to... uh I want to keep this take as above board as possible, but I I certainly would be thinking about the exposure to my undercarriage every single time I did it. Wouldn't that be the first thing that's going through your mind? Like honestly, if this guy decides to do
1: Jake, there's (laughs) a reason I never played organized football. Because the fear of dying every single second I was on the field would have been a thing. You know, I got to seventh grade and they stopped doing recess, so I stopped doing football. And, you know, I, I never wanted to play tackle football. I was never the guy who wanted to go out there and get hit. So I, it doesn't matter if I'm airborne. It doesn't matter what I'm exposing. It all
0: feels like it's going to be the end of my life. See, I was the type of kid because uh, I'm a slender guy. Yeah. I was I was short. I didn't hit my growth spurt until like ninth grade. Like and I, I the like, same. Like, Oh,
1: you were yeah. ninth grade. Oh, that was even earlier. That was uh, earlier than I did. Yeah, I was I, late. Yeah, like I,
0: I grew like six inches between wow. my ninth and tenth grade year. Like just out of nowhere. But anyway, the point being, I was small and slender, and I wanted to play football because all my friends played football, and my parents had to sit me down and be like, you know what? You don't have it. You're, you're a Scott. We're, we're slender folk. We're not, we're not football build. You've got a tennis so, build. Yeah, right. I played tennis Oh, did you? Yeah, that makes sense. I played tennis all growing up. Tennis yeah. and baseball. Those were my sports. That makes sense. Oh, what position did you play? I pitched and played outfield. Wow. Left-hander.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Left-hander, so you know I didn't throw hard, but I threw a lot of. Junk. <laughs> do you do anything right-handed? Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually lay up a basketball better right-handed. Okay, randomly. see, that, then that's and, what I was asking then, because yeah,
1: Donovan Mitchell shoots right-handed. Have you ever seen him swing? Left-handed. He's a
0: lefty. See, I play golf right-handed, but I swing. a okay, bat. Okay, so yeah, you swing right-handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I swing a bat left-handed, that's... and I couldn't do uh, either the other way. I think you're confused. More Maybe. than anything, it's not know. its not talent, it's confusion. Rudy's left-handed and plays right-handed, right? Isn't yeah. that a thing? Yes.
1: He writes left-handed. He signs, autographs left-handed, shoots stuff. the ball right-handed. Right. But that's thats a weirdly somewhat common thing. You know, like there's enough guys that, I mean, Mike Conley's floater is better with his offhand than it is with his regular hand.
0: Well, that's why he won that horse competition, right? Because right? he could do all that stuff left-handed.
1: And he was doing it last night. He was doing it yesterday at the game, he, or at, the, at practice, I should say. I went there right after uh, our show yesterday, and he was out there working on horse shots he was trying to bounce the ball you know like but not make it he was trying to bounce it and then not hit the backboard but hit the scoreboard or the uh, the clock the shot clock above the backboard catch it between his legs spinning into a layup but it's just like oh yeah you're you've been doing this for 15 years now like, maybe at the end of practice, you don't need to be getting in your threes the way <laughs> some of
0: the guys do. You don't need to be Yudoke Azebuki who works on his free throws after every practice. You're just trying to get shots up. Well, it's the, what is it, the Malcolm Gladwell thing or hours? Uh, do you believe that guy? Do you believe, uh, do you believe really. a word that he's, guy says? He's got some wonky stuff. But the, the whole— I said 10,000 hours, and it sounded smart, so I'm going to stick <laughs> with like it. But, like, the idea that you would—how uh, many practice hours has Mike Conley put on? You know, on a basketball Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you've got to develop all sorts of these wonky skills, like almost by accident. Yeah. You know what I mean? The guy who uh, has a couple years pro and then hangs it up, you know what I mean? He's never going to be able to do all that stuff Mike Conley does because he's got so much time farting around in the gym. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, do you believe in what Chip
1: Kelly's doing at UCLA since we're doing a little college football? We're talking to Mason Wake. They've been much better this year. Uh, It's taken a little time. They're 3-0 and away from UCLA. I think they're only 2-3 and
0: three at home, so they're not incredible. So here I'm a little conflicted on Chip, and I actually, UCLA was my team that I projected to get much better this okay. year in the South, and I made the same projection for uh, Cal in the North, and look how that went, so yeah. it's not like I'm, I'm really right all the time. But at UCLA, I do think they're better. Here's the thing, here's why I'm I'm a little bit torn on it, Ben. When... Coaches come in with something unique, you know, forward thinkers. you got to give them a lot of credit, but everybody eventually catches up. So do you go on to the next thing, or do you tweak it, or do you continue to evolve, or do you stay the same? And I think that's a big question with Chip Kelly. Is he still the exact same guy he was at Oregon, or has he evolved with the times? And I kind of think he's the exact same guy he was at Oregon, so it gives me doubt, right? But at the same time, if you come in and your first year, you cut three-quarters of the team and basically start from scratch. Once you finally get the players that you want to play, you should be better, right? He kind of fits into our maybe he's the opposite of
1: our Bronco Mendenhall conversation, which is you know Bronco is so good at winning at BYU, he would be good at Navy, he's going to be good at Virginia, you know he's going to be good winning in these places that aren't traditional. I mean, look, BYU's won he's going to get lot, the most out of what he's got. He's going to yeah he's going to be able to yeah. to milk a lot out of his teams that don't necessarily have all the advantages. That being the head coach at Oregon brings you. Chip Kelly had a ton of advantages coaching there. But, you know, does that work everywhere he goes? Well, yeah. it didn't work in the NFL. Uh, it's starting to work a little bit at in, in UCLA, and UCLA gets a lot of talent as well. But you're right. I'm not sure it's that, you know. I don't think he's so far ahead of the game anymore that it's going to work regardless. But maybe, well, I mean, would he do well the same way Mike Leach does well? Because they've kind of got this wonky thing that they do and Mike Leach can win again in places where if you give him all the talent in the world, it's probably not going to work. But if you give him enough talent, he can beat teams that are better than him because his system is so wonky. See, Is uh, he in that same vein as Mike Leach? He's certainly not as likable.
0: Well, he is in a way. But UCLA is in the spot for that. Right, UCLA, exactly, UCLA exactly. you can get players. You don't need to be cute. You don't need to have some cute system that, that – at UCLA, you know what they need? They're they're soft. They've always been soft. Correct. I don't know why. They keep hiring these coaches well, that Well, because
1: don't... the kids who want to win go to USC, and the kids who don't care go to UCLA.
0: So hire somebody that's going to make them tough. And I don't know. Is Chip Kelly that guy? Is he's, Chip Kelly going to fix what's always been wrong at UCLA? He's tried to be tough.
1: He's tried to be the guy who's going to come in and close off practice and you know make it all hidden and, and be the, right. you know, the, the hard-nosed guy. I, I don't know if that necessarily wins at UCLA either. UCLA is probably a hard place to win
0: because, like you said, they're, you know. Well, they don't invest in football. They invest in basketball and and actually are in such bad shape financially. Hasn't been doing much investing in anything as of late. And again, the kids are always going to want to go to USC. And you're never going to leap USC. It
1: doesn't matter. USC can be bad like they are right now, and UCLA will never leap.
0: But you should be good just keeping kids home. I agree. I mean, yeah, okay, you don't get the cream of crop like USC, but you can also get the very talented LA native who wants his mom and dad to come watch the game. I mean, there should be enough of that. So would that Chip market. Kelly do better with a different type of team? Would he yes, do better with he the would Washington? Be, he would be better in yeah you, in you Pullman. Think so, huh? Yeah, although at Oregon. You know, he's great. But, but he at, was that, great. at that point, he was cutting edge. He was moving the program from Nick Bellotti, who had been there forever, and it was a little bit stale. And he came in, and he took what Bilotti did, and he poured gasoline on it. But now everybody does that. And he was way ahead of the game when it came to, like, nutrition and being in shape and all that stuff, right? Well, now everybody's doing that. He was the—I don't know if he was the first, but one of the first to have the, the cards on the sidelines yeah. signaling yep. in the plays, and the whole team looks over, and then, you know, like, everybody's doing that now. So he's, what's next?
1: He's not a candidate
0: would he do well at lsu? No. I don't think so. Would he do well in the south? I mean, you know, college coaching right. is so regional now. Yeah.
1: No, it's it's tough. I mean, that's why he's weird. I mean, that's why he did so bad and so poorly in the nfl. He was so great at Oregon, you know. I mean, he was the guy at our, he was the coolest football coach in the country when he was at Oregon and that team was the coolest, you know, and I mean this, I, it's the same thing Mario Cristobal is doing. Yeah, Mario Cristobal has this, you know, kind of flawless, untouchable, uh, recruiting profile, kind of head coaching history now. And everyone loves him. And you know, it just might be that weird Oregon thing where they exist in this, literal corner of the country uh, and they kind of can handpick kids from all over the West and they go to LA and they can come to Salt Lake City and they can find the best of the best and sell them on something that nobody else in the Pac-12 is offering but they also don't have to do what you have to do in the SEC which is play that level of team every week and once you do have to do that it gets much harder.
0: You don't have uh, Chip hasn't had Willie Lyles since he left yeah. Oregon. Yeah, right. Remember that whole thing? I do. Yeah. That helps everybody including the kids. Including their parents. Remember when they kind of got busted on that and they had to produce, you know, some what yeah. what what they got from Willie Lyles for the money? Yeah. They invested like 80 grand or Correct. something like that. And they, it was some like blank. There were like blank, blank pages in there. It was like a wiki copy and paste. Yeah. Something slapped together. But you know, what? there's people in this building that are that same way. Yawke is kind of that same way. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's like, where is all that money going? Serious. What is that for? <laughs> Good point. All right. Stay tuned. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to Jay Hill, head coach at Weber State. He's coming off a big time win. Uh, We'll talk to him about that next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.